August 1st, listen to our five-part series. Attorney Robert Kirsch shares facts from inside the prison walls of Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Heard only here exclusively. You can talk about Guantanamo Bay almost anywhere in the world now, and people picture men in orange jumpsuits. That's what we see. Guantanamo, for better or for worse, has become a, a somewhat of a stain on the record, the human rights record of the United States, and it's it's part of what we what we have to deal with at this point, uh, and it's been used as a recruiting tool by different elements, whether it's Al Qaeda or uh, ISIS, and our clients were among the people who had come to that part of the world because there were lots of kids who had no fathers anymore, lots of families who'd been destroyed. They were there doing service work. A couple of them worked for the Red Cross. One of them trained people in uh, self-defense and did computer repair work. One of them was a teacher. They were, mm-hmm. they were, they did a variety of things, but they, they had been in Bosnia at the time. Uh, they were in Bosnia on September 11th. They were in Bosnia in October when the United States said it wanted to seize them. Followed by a happy ending about Cuba's tropical historic paradise. Don't miss the five-week Cuban story, all five Sundays in August, starting the first. Coming soon to a smartphone near you. Hey, you tired of paying those high cable and TV bills? Then stop. Get a shitload of live channels, including movies and theaters, news and all your local sports, TV from around the world, For a one-time fee, no monthly payments, get $20 off a fully loaded fire stick just by mentioning Tropical Paradise Weights. All you have to do is go to don'tpayfortv.com. That's don'tpayfortv.com. Hola, amigos. This is Don Alejandro de la Vega. Welcome to Tropical Paradise Waits. Do you ever dream of living in paradise? Dream no more, my friend. If you are planning on living in the tropics, or if you are a full-on expat, this show is the show for you. Listen and learn how to make the best of your leisure time. It takes more than a plane ticket to fully enjoy the tranquil lifestyle. It is a state of mind. Let's live a better life. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of Apple Podcasts. Positive reviews help us rise up the ranks. Please scroll down and click support this podcast. Gracias and enjoy the show. Hey, I'm here with Peter Parker, who's going to tell us a little bit about Jamaica. And uh, this program was inspired by a young man in Toronto who uh, did get back to me, and yes, he is, he is, his father's Jamaican, and his mother's not. His mother's Canadian. But anyway, um, he inspired us to do this show, and uh, Peter's been in Jamaica a lot, and um, he's got a little bit to say, so, so let's listen. Well, uh, I think that uh, Jamaica really uh, changed my life. Uh, a few of my friends came uh, back from Jamaica, and they went 
they said, man, you've just got to go. This place is just unbelievable. And so it was uh, the beginning of April 1987, and I jumped on a plane. They had five flight, flights from Winnipeg uh, every week to Jamaica, which is incredible. So I, uh, I got on the plane, and uh, I'd been to other places before, but what I realized as the plane was landing in Montego Bay, the plane was going, people were going absolutely apeshit. They actually had a ghetto blaster playing uh, Montego Bay, the Montego Bay song. And I thought it was kind of strange. Like, I've never seen people act this way, being so excited about going anywhere. So I got off the plane. Uh, uh, this was before the internet. I didn't know that there was a free uh, shuttle that went to Negril, which is uh, about an hour and a half uh, north from Montego Bay. So I got in the cab, and uh, the cab driver, Mr. Grant, I always remember him, a super nice guy, and he said, uh, uh, do you want to stop for a beer after we've been traveling for about 20 minutes? So we, we stopped on the, on the side of the road, and uh, on, in the shack was, uh, was this Rasta guy selling ice-cold Red Stripe beer, and uh, the shack was on the tilt, and all uneven i said uh why is it like this uh like why don't you straighten out and he says well this shack used to be this bar used to be on the other side of the road but the hurricane blew it to this side of the road so i i guess this is where i'm supposed to be which i thought was pretty funny so i smoked a joint and, and i had a couple of uh ice cold beer and then i was on my way and uh what i thought was really strange traveling there is there was kids running along the side of the road with big stalks of, uh, of marijuana ganja uh, you know waving it at the car I thought well wow this is this is really weird you know these are kids and uh, so we arrive in, uh, in in the grill I've never been there before and uh, I rented a cabin you know right on the beach the sand came right up to my doorway and uh they had a center uh, uh, restaurant, which is like an old cottage. It was like a screen, like all screen veranda sort of thing. And uh, I happened to arrive on a Friday, which was when they had the, uh, the I don't know, get to know you uh, party uh, for their cabins. So everybody that, that had just arrived or had been there for a few weeks were there and it was a blast. I met like tons of people from the uh, United States, Canada, Europe, uh, and I was, everybody got to know each other. And it was just a, a huge, big party. And uh, we went out that night, and there happened to be uh, this uh, famous reggae artist, Gregory Isaacs, was playing on the beach, just down the beach. Fantastic concert. And uh, it was just uh, out of this world. I, it had this plant, uh, the, this flower that, that blooms in the springtime in, in Jamaica. I, I think it's called it, it, something like in, it's the like prostitute of the night or something because it only comes out at night. But it has the most incredible smell to it. And so the whole beach has had this fantastic floral. I've never smelled anything like it in my life. It was intoxicated. And... Uh, Oh, on, the, on the way there, I, I thought it was kind of cool because we stopped uh, uh, Mr. Grant before before we got there for a lot. Uh, he says, do you want to buy some uh, some ganja? And I said, sure. So he 
He says, well, uh, stick it in your pants because it's, if we get stopped, it's illegal, which now it's not illegal. Okay, the, uh, about the third night that I was there, I met these girls from Toronto that had uh, all these uh, these uh, makeup supplies, uh, theatrical stuff, and, and we're sitting at a bar, and uh, they said, uh, I had long hair then. It said, let, let, let me make you up like uh, Alice Cooper. I said, okay, so they spray painted my hair black, and they did the whole Alice Cooper uh, makeup on me, and I looked like Alice Cooper for crying out loud. But, you know, I had a few drinks in me, and I after I left talking to these girls, I forgot all about me looking like Alice Cooper completely. And I went the whole night uh, uh, going to different places, and people were, like, avoiding me. And I remember sitting at a bar, and uh, this kid comes along, and uh, he sits down beside me, and he's staring at me. So I just started talking to him, and there was a piece of paper and a pen, and I, and I, and I said, here, I'll draw a picture of you, and you draw a picture of me, just to be friendly. So I drew a picture of a, a kid, you know, with a bicycle next to a palm tree. And then he took the, the, he took the pad of paper, and he drew a picture <laughs> of a monster, like a vampire. He said, that, well, that's you. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. And then, uh, <clears throat> and usually at, at night, uh, if you're by yourself walking on the beach in Jamaica, there'll be guys coming up to you trying to sell you uh, drugs, you know, weed or cocaine or whatever. But that night, uh, as I walked along, four or five people approached me, but they'd get like, you know, a couple of feet away from me and they'd run away. And I thought, oh, that was kind of strange. But it wasn't until I got back to my cabin, I looked in the mirror and realized that, that I looked like Alice Cooper that I realized the re reaction I got all night. You know, even when I went to the all-inclusive bar and, and, and uh, sat down with, uh, and, and tried to make conversation with these preppy-looking people, they kind of, like, avoided me, and I could, I could see why. Uh, another, the uh, security guard at the cabins was named Delroy, and he said, let me, let me show you my, my place, my town. And I said, okay, so we took a bus there. And we uh, got out. It was a place called Grange Hill. And it was probably like an hour away from the grill uh, in, the, in the inland. And uh, we stopped at this uh, Mabel's uh, Bar, which was a, a horseshoe-type-shaped uh, bar with this very overweight Jamaican lady. Very, very friendly, very nice. And she had an old Wurlitzer jukebox in the corner there. And had all these old reggae 45s in there that I, music I've never heard before in my entire life. And I sat there for like, you know, three or four hours plugging this jukebox, grooving along. Some locals came in. I bought them some drinks. And everybody was really friendly. And then uh, later on that night, I was pretty lit up. Uh, we went to a place called Billy's Skateland, which was... Uh, combination pool hall roller skating rink bar and disco and uh, i was the only uh white person in there the only tourist in this town and they they just treated me great they uh guys would say let's go smoke a joint we go in the back and and uh, smoke a joint and then we'd come back and and have more drinks and play pool and and uh i never felt uh that, you know, ill at ease or anything with these people. 
Uh, I had a great time. Uh, and then there's uh, a place down the beach that I that I, I traveled to quite a bit called Alfred's Ocean Palace, and they'd have a at uh, at happy hour at five o'clock. They have a live band, a live reggae band that would play. Uh, and it was just there'd be like 200 people on the beach dancing. It was just unbelievable. It's not I've never been, seen a, a, a happy hour like that in my life. And uh, they played this one song for maybe a half an hour straight. It was called Groovy Situation, which is an old R&B song. And they're kind of famous for playing this song. And it would be played at sunset. That was the most, uh, it was like one of the grooviest things I've ever experienced. And I met a girl there. I looked across, you know, this group of people. And I saw the most beautiful woman in the, I, I've ever seen in my entire life. And I thought, well, what the hell? What, what do I have to lose? So I just walked up to her and and uh, put my hand out and introduced myself. And and we just hit it off. And uh, and we're still friends to this day. Oh, that always makes it makes it a lot nicer. Oh, yeah. And the next day we went to uh, to Rick's Cafe, which is a fam- one of the, they say, one of the most famous, one of the five most famous bars in the world. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. They're cliff diving live band uh a little pricey but uh and touristy but uh everybody that goes to the grill goes to rick's cafe uh, it was founded in 1974 got blown away three or four times by hurricanes but it's always rebuilt and uh yeah and uh it, it was great uh the next day after you know i had taken uh, i had taken this girl to to rick's and the next night, I was on my own, and I, I went to uh, a place called uh, Mrs. Brown's uh, Mushroom Tea, which I shouldn't have done because it was late at night, and I got in the back of a motorcycle, and and uh, I was the only person in this freaky bar, and they gave me a, a couple of mushroom tea, and uh, I drank it, and I didn't ask what the price was, which was a big mistake because I ended up paying $30 for it. Great idea. And then I got freaked out. Because uh, I started hallucinating, <laughs> but the guy, the owner of this place, came out and he had a little finger growing out of the side of his little finger, but sideways. And and he he he, he put his hand on his chin with his little finger. So being uh, you know uh, in a psychedelic experience, I thought it was it was too much. I had to leave, and uh, it, it really freaked me out. But uh, yeah, so it, it's uh, it's one of those places that. You can't really describe Jamaica. It's a, it's a place you got to visit. Like what they, what they say is, you know, once you go, you know, because there's sort of a mystical quality about the place. Uh, there's a certain, you, you find synchronicities when you talk to people. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's one of my favorite places on this whole planet. I mean, if heaven's any anything uh, like Jamaica, eh, it'll be pretty darn good. Um, so what uh, what happened was that after I got back from Jamaica, I was totally blown away. And that that next winter, I was freezing my ass off. And I thought, well, I've got to I've got to I've got to get away from this. And uh, one of my friends happened to be selling real estate in the Dominican Republic, and he said, uh, "Come on down. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a great place." And uh, and here I am. I discovered this. Uh, wonderful country with wonderful people and uh i couldn't be happier and i really like the uh, the rum and 
the music and the, everything. There's there's nothing really not to like about this place. It's a very a very great place to live. Very good, man. Sounds like a cool spot. I'd like to check it out now. Back to uh, as you were speaking, I I kept thinking about this kid Alex who has the interest in Bob Marley and um, that where where is uh, the area where Bob Marley's from? You you were down in where Montego Bay, you said. Yeah, no, I landed in Montego Bay, but the uh, uh, I mean, how far away from there is is like Bob Marley's hometown? Uh, that would probably be you know like a three hour probably a, a three hour drive to. Uh, uh, to Kingston, I think not, he comes from Nine Mile, okay. which is a, a, a little town uh, outside of Kingston. Okay, like a suburb maybe of Kingston, like in the Kingston area. I think it's more it's more of a rural area outside of mm-hmm. Kingston, more like uh, in the hills. You know, it's not a very big place. Because, you know, like I said, this, this family, the father is from Jamaica, but they're, they're Canadians. He's, he's lived there most all his life. So I would imagine they'll probably go up somewhere in that area and uh, find a resort, and depending on um, on how they feel. As you were speaking, I remembered when I was in Cuba, and I wanted to see the Bonavista Social Club. And I was in Veradera, and they played at this resort there every night. Then I was back in Havana, and there they were in Havana. And I said, well, how could this be? Well, <laughs> there's two, maybe three of them spread around Cuba. And I talked to some uh, Cuban guys in the streets about it, and they said, oh, man, that's bullshit. That's for tourists. They just, just come on back tonight with us. And they have a little place on the side where they stand and there's open windows. I mean, it was just as good as being inside, not paying uh, 15 or $20. And it was great. So that's another thing they might want to do is talk to people, talk to, to waiters in restaurants and people you meet on the street, cab drivers, and ask them. The cab driver might say, oh, no, that tour is bullshit. Just just go up here. Or let me take you up there and I'll show you where he used to live or I'll show you his first recording studio or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's my suggestion for that. Uh, you kind of form, I mean, even though I've, I've often, I've taken the double-decker bus around different cities and stuff and that, that's, that's worth it, man. It's a, it gives you a good, a good vision of, of where you are and what's around and then you can maybe take little notes or mental notes and decide where you want to go back on your own if there's something that you want to explore a little bit further. Yeah, it, I mean, with all all places in the Caribbean, if you, if you get hooked up with a with a good cab driver that's recommended, that's uh, safe and secure and, and knows what he's doing and fun to be with, it can make a whole difference because you you actually become friends with these people. And uh, and the next time you go, you, you get the same person, and and it's a great experience. You know, I, I had that experience in Jamaica, where, where I, uh, this guy Winston, and another guy Ragamuffin, who had the psychedelic, dingle balled, stickered taxi cab, dreadlock Rasta guy that would drive me around, and he was a riot. You know, he'd he'd, he'd be driving around smoking these joints that are the size of baseball bats. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, and a very funny guy, and and a good sound system in his vehicle too. I mean, everywhere you go, it's generally the same if you use your common sense. Now, remember, we're, you know, we're here right here in the small town of Cabarete. So I really don't mind at all if you if you have some plans in coming here and you have a hotel or an Airbnb or something that you're interested in. 
just shoot me over an email. I I swear to God, I don't. I won't mind. I'll take a walk over and look at it. If I probably, more than likely, I probably already know about it. Uh, so you know, here it's a lot easier. We can really give you specifics if you like. Yeah, we know the area pretty well here. I mean, we've been here a long time, so we know every road, nook, cranny of this place, and uh, you know the good places to stay, the bad places, you know, yeah. to avoid, and and. Uh, uh, we can help you out. Just, yeah, chances uh, are you mention a place, and right away we'll go, "Oh, that's Flacco's place." Well, we'll probably know it right up, right up the top. Absolutely. And, yeah. and if, if we don't, that might be a red flag. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because uh, you and I know every place around here for sure. Well, I'm looking forward uh, to doing these Cuba shows in August. It'll be every Sunday in Cuba for five days, and um, Cuba is like. It's my favorite, man. It's the furthest place. Uh, it's it's the furthest place, like socially, that I've ever been. But it's actually the closest, the closest place to, to the United States that's not connected by land. But it's the most different. It's the most different, and I'm really looking forward to these five weeks in August. So mark that down. So right now, if uh, someone was going to Jamaica, what would you suggest? Well, I think, you know, with COVID uh, restrictions and everything, uh, you know, check to see uh, the regulations. I know that it's opening up like uh, like most places are right now. And uh, from my experience, uh, you know, Montego Bay is, is sort of, a, I don't know, it's it's a touristy de- destination, but uh, it's like it's like Porta Plata is like Montego Bay. And Cabaretti is like Negril. Porta Plata being the yeah, city, yeah, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the big, bigger city close to yeah. here, maybe 40 minutes, an hour from here. That's right. And, uh, you know, when you when you enter Negril, there's a there's a, a sign that says, uh, welcome to Negril, the capital of casual. Because that's where all the hippies go. It's, t- you know, topless beach. They've got Hedonism, which is like a swingers huge hotel. You know, I don't know if you want to get into that stuff, but... Uh, you know, it's a it's a very casual place. Did someone say topless beach? Yes, there's there, there's topless beaches there, absolutely. And and the water in the grill is just spectacular, crystal clear. It's a seven mile beach, white sand. There's you know there's stingrays. You can see when you're walking along the beach, you can see them you know two feet from you, you know, in the water there, and and. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. They've got floating tiki bars and stuff that are, that uh, oh, yeah. will, will take you out and and uh, fast food tiki bar boats that'll uh, uh, have a barbecue on there and you rent that and you go. Out and it's fantastic. So Great. Kingston, that's pretty much like the big city, like like anywhere else. When you go in the big city, it's they're all they're all yeah, pretty I mean, much the same. Exactly. You know, like Kingston's not really it's not a, a touristy destination no, to no. go. I mean, there's other places in the island like. Port Antonio is beautiful. Uh, that's the birthplace of jerk chicken. That was invented there in Boston Bay and in, in Port Antonio. That's where Errol Flynn used to live. The uh, Errol Flynn discovered Port Antonio when his boat uh, uh, broke down, and he uh, he uh, harbored there in uh, in um, Port Antonio and bought, bought an island that's right off Port Antonio called Navy Island. Which he lived uh, practically his whole life. In fact, his his uh, wife just died a couple of years ago. She was like ninety nine years old. She continued living there in Jamaica. Hey, I'm not an She's expert on jerk chicken, but 
I discovered there's a sauce called Krista's. Krista's Kitchen jerk chicken sauce. You're not going to beat that, man. It's delicious. Um, I know they sell it in Western New York. I'm sure you can get it online. Krista, just the, the girl's name, Krista's. And it's really good. Uh, she also makes a, a fantastic hot sauce. It's not just hot. It has a really nice flavor. Yeah, well, so that's, it, that's, that. that's yeah. The, the way it goes there with the... With Jamaican type uh, cuisine, J- Jamaican food is very, very tasty. It's got an East Indian element to it, so there's curry and you know, and of course, uh, jerk chicken is famous. And at night, there's probably uh, in the grill, there's probably 25 uh, oil drum barbecues going with uh, jerk chicken everywhere. Well, it's Krista. She's a chef, and uh, she did her internship in the islands, so I'm sure that's that's where she learned. The spices and the scotch bonnet peppers and whatever else, but her, that that's some fantastic sauce, man. Yeah. Absolutely, gotta love Caribbean cooking. What about uh, the Jamaican dreadlock Yaman dude or a lot of those guys hanging around or, or not? Like we well, there's, there's always. I mean, there's there's uh, you know people are surprised when they go to Jamaica because they think that everybody's got dreadlocks, which is untrue. But uh, I mean, there's quite a few rasters around that. Uh, that work that work and uh, and playing bands, of course. There's, uh, everybody's a musician there. Uh, there's tons and tons of uh, singers and and bands playing and uh, and you know, rast, real rastas are very you know peace loving, nice people. They don't uh, they don't eat meat. They don't drink alcohol. They just smoke a oh, lot really? of ganja, man. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of uh, rasta dudes around here. A lot of Dominican rasta guys, but here we call them Jafakins. Well, yeah, because they're, they're not rastas. They're nah. just they're just guys with dreadlocks. Yeah, man. Yaman, yeah, Yaman, yeah, everything Iriman. So yeah, I mean, uh, Jamaica is definitely a, a place to go. It, it's a kind of got a magical vibe to it. Uh, and I would suggest it. You know, if you got the time, you got the money. Well, I know a lot of people. Especially now that the world is opening up again, thank God, are, are itching to travel. So, uh, you you know, you might even want to work something out where you maybe go, go to Jamaica for a few days, uh, jump over here, maybe stop in Cuba. Like I said, I'll tell you everything. The last show in August, I'll find out right up to the minute how to get into Cuba, what the restrictions are like, and uh, what's the best way yeah, to, I mean, to you approach can... that. But I'm going to wait right up until the end because things are things are as you know things are changing daily right now. Absolutely, uh, I know. Last year, uh, before this COVID, you could fly from uh, from uh, Santa Domingo to uh, Kingston, and you could fly to, from Santa Domingo to Havana. So it's, you can really fly anywhere from from this country anywhere in you the prepare Caribbean. Yourself, though, apparently it's going to it's going to cost you a little bit more now. Oh yeah, from what I've been hearing. Absolutely. This COVID thing is uh, throwing a, re- a wrench into everybody's life in every respect. Well, it's really we nice that, that it's clearing up now. Uh, we could see it. In fact, I was told by a reliable source that the bookings are already up here like 100%. So wherever, whenever you plan on going, you might want to start working on your make your plans right now. Because I think uh, a lot of the Caribbean, a lot of these destinations, including Florida, uh, I think they're going to be pretty booked up this coming season, starting uh, October-ish. Right. And, you know, whatever your opinion is about the vaccination, you know, pro or con, uh, there might be a stipulation in the future where in order to travel, you're going to have to have a vaccination no, there will card. Be. 
you know, yeah, because sure they're not going to let you on a plane uh, and land in a country if you're not vaccinated. So whether you like it or not, you might have to get jabbed, people. <laughs> I got mine this morning. I got my first one this morning, and I got, uh, I guess, three weeks from now or a month, I go for my yeah, second one. Yeah. So, but- uh, yeah. Do you know that you got like a fluorescent blue goo coming out of your ear? Yeah, it's just I dripping out. It's like uh, really right. odd. Got, you I, realize I, that? And I got uh, stuck to my, when I got home. I, I stuck to my refrigerator like a like a fucking magnet. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot of gullible, crazy people out there. The internet is full of misinformation and crazy, fucking weird people with crazy ideas. And you know, maybe I'm one of them. But uh, everybody has an opinion, and, and just uh, you know, go with your gut. But if, like I said, in the future, I think the future you're gonna have to have you have to be vaccinated. So uh, again, yeah. use your common sense. Uh, a few years back, there were there was uh, four people who came down who I knew from my hometown, and I caught myself. I, I was treating them like children, telling them what, what to watch for and stuff. And then I, I was a little embarrassed. I said, "Wait a minute, you guys got you guys got common sense." You know what, you know you know what to look out for. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, you just have to be. Yeah, you, you always realize when you're in a tourist area, the people who work there, they're there because the tourists are there, and and they're not allowed to hurt you. I mean, you know, a lot of them, they come in really, really handy as far as. Uh, I remember once in Costa Rica, I was going to take a, um, a, a a van across from um, San Jose. Is it San Jose in Costa Rica to Manuel Antonio Beach? And uh, it was like $180. And I found out from someone directed me to the bus. And two of us went on the bus for $7. And the total time was maybe 45 minutes, an hour longer. Wow. I mean, you know, so you keep, keep your eyes open for that kind of stuff. People, are, a lot of the people, they're, they're there to help you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the majority of people want to help you. There's always some ne'er-do-wells that are going to try to fuck you around. But, you know. But, you know, they are looking for, you know, you buy, buy them a beer, give them a couple hundred pesos or something. You do, do the right thing. Absolutely. You know, kindness goes a long way. And and when when, when people uh, are a little bit too aggressive with me, uh, I just stay calm and, and smile and, and say not today or uh, see you later. And, you know, that, that's the way to do it. Don't, don't ever lose your temper. In uh, in this country or any other country, for that matter, okay, especially baby, the Caribbean. We'll, we'll wrap it up right here, and um, wherever you go, enjoy yourself. Be safe. That's right. Come on, yeah, man. Everything be Irish, man. Big up. Big up. I did get a long letter. From a guy who happens to be Canadian, he's from Toronto, and uh, he didn't state his age, but he sounded like a teenager. He mentioned his parents, and I, apparently he said he, he did really well in school, and he's a big Bob Marley fan. He's a guitar player, and his parents uh, told him that they would bring him to Jamaica and you know let him let him see where Bob Marley came from, and he looked up a little bit on the internet, and I'm sure he knows a lot more about Bob Marley than me. But he asked a question about uh, the Bob Marley tours and museums and stuff in in Jamaica. And uh, I, I know you've been there several times. I don't know if you know anything about that particular subject. Uh, well, you know, I, I always go to the north coast of, uh, of Jamaica, uh, Negril, 
Um, the Bob Marley Museum is it, a place called Nine Mile, which is outside of Kingston. So that's kind of on the other side of the island. So I've, I've never had a chance to, uh, to visit there. But other people that I know of being there, and uh, it, they've had a great time. Well, there's a good chance that this kid, he may even be Jamaican because uh, there's a big Jamaican community in Toronto. In fact, they have a big um, Jamaican festival on one of the Lake Erie Islands. I went one summer years ago. It was really uh, really a big festive party. And uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of Jamaicans relocated in, in Toronto. Oh, so yeah, I think it's called Carabana. Carab yeah, that's right. Carabana. Do they still do it? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge Caribbean festival in Toronto. So uh, it's one of the biggest ones in North America. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was a lot of fun. It was actually a little scary going back and forth on the boat. A lot of people. Oh, yeah. A lot of partying. A lot of drunks. Absolutely. A lot of ganja, man. Well, anyway, Alex, um, if you're listening, I would I would imagine that, the, I mean, I would suggest go, go and see everything, see Bob Marley's neighborhood and such, but... I would imagine it'd be like any other tourist thing. Uh, when, when I was in Panama, I went to the canal, and yeah, I mean, it was okay. I, I was there. I had to go, but I mean, you know, you saw the canal. There it is, and then, you know, I drank a $6 uh, beer in the tourist restaurant and left, and uh, when I was in uh, Colombia, I did go up to uh, Escobar's. They actually have a tour where you can go through all Pablo Escobar's, the jail he made for himself and all that, but I just felt like that, that that's a stain on the Colombian people. They're not proud of that. And um, I just felt disrespectful. But I did take the public transportation in the cable car up in the mountains and walked around in his neighborhood. So I wish I could help you a little bit more on the on the Bob Marley thing. But um, I really don't think I, get, I have anything for you that you won't find on the Internet. Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaican me crazy. Hey, I spoke with a lot of other people off the air about Jamaica, including a couple of native Jamaicans. And uh, I came to a conclusion that Negril is the place that you want to be, man. That's the place to start. I haven't been there yet, but I'm going. But it won't be for a while. The airlines aren't quite ready yet. Uh, the way it stands right now, I'd have to fly to JFK or Miami, and it's really expensive. And there's no way I'm flying to JFK and back down here. For those of you who don't know, geographically, Jamaica's right next to Haiti. I mean, it's right over there to my left, to the west. I could almost take an inner tube there. But um, if you're going from JFK, it's still not bad. You can do a round trip for less than $500. Anyway, you fly into Montego Bay, then there's a free shuttle that you take to Negril. It's like an hour and a half. Once you're in Negril, there's a seven-mile beach, and there's music, 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 all day, all night on the beaches. And uh, it's not a rinky-dink setup. I guess it's real professional, uh, good sound, good equipment, professional DJs. And then across the street from the beach, there's an area called the Cliffs, and there's a road called One Love Drive, like the Bob Marley song. And this One Love Drive, you'll find more music and the famous Rick's Cafe, which is it's a tourist spot. I guess it's a little overpriced, but I'm told it's something you got to see. And uh, there's even a full country western bar up there and some of the world's best restaurants. 
It's also the place where, like, all the far-out people go, the artists, the hippies, musicians. So it's kind of fun. And um, the bonus is there's many beautiful girls, and they speak English. Now, no one suggested to go to Kingston. I guess if you're there for a long time, or you, you know, you might want to check it out, but people just don't suggest going there. It sounds like a big, dirty city. That's close to where Bob Marley came from, so you'd have to go up there if you wanted to, to uh, follow Bob Marley's footprints and see his neighborhood, maybe his recording studios. There must be something up there related to Bob Marley, but I'm sure Bob Marley is everywhere in Jamaica. I was watching a, a show, that show on, on Net Geo. It's about homeland security and immigration. And uh, it takes place in the airports. And a woman came off the plane traveling alone from Kingston. And they red flagged her based on what would she be doing in Kingston. Now, all around the grill, I'm told you can, you can walk. But there is public transportation, and it's really inexpensive. So Negril sounds like the place to go. And uh, when the airlines, when it, when it clears up a little bit, I'm definitely going to take a trip over there. I figure six months, eight months or so after all the people haven't traveled, get it out of their system, and the airlines start to recover some of the money they lost in this last year, then it'll probably level out, and there'll probably be more flights and uh, less expensive flights. So see you in Jamaica, man. Hey, keep it in mind that on this podcast, we do welcome you to promote your business and or share your social media with our listeners. Just Google us. Just Google Tropical Paradise Waits. If you want to leave an audio message, download the Anchor mobile app, search Tropical Paradise Waits, and tap voice message. If you like what you're hearing, then share our link with your contacts and Facebook friends. Follow us, subscribe, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only way that we can rise up the ranks. If you don't do it, nobody will. So use your superpowers and uh, help me out a little bit. Do it now. Thanks. If you're relocating and you're looking for a place to live, we're a tap away from the world's real estate listings. So save your time. We do know the protocol. Email your specifics. We'll narrow it down for you. Get it right back to you. Uh, just email directfrancogringo13 at gmail.com. F-R-A-N-C-O-G-R-I-N-G-O-1-3 at gmail. Smart people listen to podcasts, and we got a new show every Sunday. I'm Franco in beautiful downtown Cabaretta. Tropical Paradise Waits is presented by Elusive Media. I look forward to hearing you listen. Till next week, ciao, adios, see ya. Today's credits are as follows. Thank you to our program director, Don Alejandro de la Vega. Our editor and fact checker. They'll never know. Our chairperson. Wilma Buffett. Fleet managers. Lisa Carr. Our charm consultant today is... The always charming Miss Inga Tooth. Tiki Bar Reviews by... 
Hassan Ben Sober. Our favorite divorce attorney. Carmine, not yours. Our credit counselor is Max Doubt. And our fashion designer today. Hugh Jazz. And of course, our download counter, Adam Ilion. If you enjoyed the show, help us continue by scrolling down and clicking support for this podcast.